Blog Talk Radio. TSR Live, the uh, AAC Championship Review. Memphis Tigers uh, pulled it out, 29-24. Larry, what was your thoughts on the game? Um, so, <laughs> you know. It was a good one. Uh, last, I'm sorry? I said it was a good one. Uh, I, it, it's, man, I have so many emotions right now. So, um, and I think that's probably all Tiger fans, right? Like, we're all just uberly emotional. Um, So, as the game, as the week wore on, and the Norvell things, which one are we going to talk about? Just, it just wore on, and it became obvious. I'll tell the story later. But by, and you and I were talking by Tuesday, I was Mm -hmm. 100% sure it was a done deal. You and I are basically by Tuesday talking about possible replacements, um, and which I I still have some very strong feelings about, by the way. Um, but so by Tuesday, I knew, and I think everybody knew in the media or anybody that that, that anybody is not in the media, but I mean, but, but I just think everybody pretty much knew that he was gone, um, and and so as the week wore on, my only concern became. How are the kids dealing with it, and how mm-hmm. is it going to affect the game? And so I, I, I and I became increasingly concerned as the week went on. Not that I was afraid that it was going to um, necessarily be. I was concerned that the difference between winning and losing, and I think people have to really understand this, is so narrow, especially at the absolute highest levels, the difference between winning and winning. And we can talk about four plays in the game that really were the difference in the game. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and what we saw was a Memphis team that at the beginning of the game probably wasn't as focused as it should have been. And 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 then as the game went on, Memphis began to. There were various points when I really felt like we were going to 
really start to to take over the game. And then for whatever reason, we just didn't. Um, I have never seen two teams that are good teams have as many drops as we did in that game. Yeah. I mean, I, the, both teams dropped the football. The, the, the surefire touchdown that the, the kid from Cincinnati, it just hit him on the face mask. I, I mean, I, you know, what can you say? I mean, um, Gainwell dropped the first down. I mean, just dropped it. Um, and it was not windy in the stadium. Wind did not play a factor at all. Um, and I'm, I'm going to do something that is probably going to shock everybody. I am going to have a major shout-out to – I don't think he was the MVP of that game, but he was damn sure critical, and that was Riley Patterson. Um, oh yeah, he played a heck of a, a heck of a football game. So, you asked how I was feeling. Um, I, I, it wasn't. There's nothing like when the Cubs won the World Series. That's that's a, that, that's totally different. But it was in that vein. It was it was um, very cathartic, and I think uh, at the end of it all. Um, I, I had to sit in the truck with my, my wife and I just sat in the truck for about um, 20 minutes and just sort of absorbed what had just happened um, because it was surreal. Um, you know, thinking back to the days with Larry Porter, I'm not mean to pile on him. But thinking back yeah. on, on those days, the early days of Justin, when we were just happy to score touchdowns, the early days of even Mike, uh, Mike's first year where um, we lost five games. I mean, you know, Mike was installing his system. So um, it's been a long time coming. You know, first, it's the first one you can correct me, I think, since 1967. Is that correct? Uh First nine outright. First okay, sixty nine. Sorry, since nineteen sixty nine outright. So uh, I wasn't born. I don't think you were around. No, it no. <laughs> <Neither> was I. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I was a couple of years away, and um, you know, most of the the people that were in the stands um, either were not around or were really young. So, you know, that just tells you, I mean, that tells you a lot of where we've come. So it, it was cathartic. Like I said, it, it felt good. Isaac, uh, you know, you were there as well. Uh, what were your thoughts of the game? I mean, it's, just, it's just special. I mean, even to, to be in a position, I mean, you're there three years in a row. Uh, first year you have a chance to, to host the game. Um, and it's just you again. You go back. I think Larry kind of stated. You go back and look at the the Jordan Revolution days with with Larry Porter and how dark those days were. And you you Justin comes in and first couple of years you're not really sure what's going on there. They still kind of struggle a little bit and like uh, life was flipped and, and Justin got this thing going and you you bring in bring in Mike and um, he just took it to another level. It's just a special moment. I mean, it's just something that. I don't know if I, I ever thought I would see in my lifetime looking back six, seven, eight years ago. I mean, you couldn't even dream of 
of being in the position to win a conference championship and, and go to the Cotton Bowl. I mean, it's just kind of surreal that we're actually here. Uh, and, I mean, it's just a special moment. I mean, I, I don't even know if you can put into words. It was kind of it's kind of weird because you had the, the Mike Norvell stuff going on and, and what was he leaving and, and kind of thing like this. So it was kind of a – it's kind of a weird day because you you knew that was going on, but I, and I kind of said that morning and, and throughout the week for people don't focus on that, focus on how far this program has come and and where we are, and focus on the game. And again, as Mike Goville always said, control what you can control. And I and I think that's the way that people should have looked at this. I mean, because it it doesn't take away from from everything that he's built here, everything that's happened, and, and where they were. And they won the game. I'm really glad they won. If they had lost the game. Um, and then you lose Mike Norvell after the game. I think it would have would have been kind of tough. It would have been a really tough day, and it's still still tough. But again, I mean, you understand what what Mike had to do. I mean, you you get offered that job. I mean, you can't turn down the Florida State job. I mean, he's done everything. That and and as I said, there's, there's a few people that are upset with Mike, and and I've kind of told those people. I mean, you look at this situation. Mike could have been, he could have been gone before. I mean, I, I think one thing when a lot of coaches take a job like Memphis. They're already got one foot out the door. The first opportunity they get to get a P5 job, they're gone. And Mike, that wasn't his deal here. I mean, Mike, when the things that he said about Memphis, I don't think it was coach speak. I mean, he really loved this community. He loved that university and stayed longer than a lot of guys would have. So I have a lot of respect for, for Mike and, and the way that he did things while he was here. And, I mean, like I said, I, I wish him all the luck, and I think he's going to do a great job down there at Florida State. But, again, man, for this program, to be here is just amazing to see, to watch, and, and watch how, how they, they built this thing over the last last several years. Going to the game, you know, it's it's 14 to 10 at the, you know, at the half. Memphis <laughs> didn't have the, you know, the, the greatest first half. You know, yeah. thing that stood out to me was, uh, you know, Brady White. He was, he was just, I don't know if he was, um, high strong is not the, the correct uh, word for it, but, um I mean, he was he was definitely up for the game, but maybe not as focused. You know, he was uh, let's see, eight of twenty three for uh, I think um, uh, what was it uh, eighty one hundred eighty six yards? No, eighty six yards. Yeah, just eighty six 86 86, yards. Yeah. Uh, I'll start with Larry. When you, when you saw that first half, you know, what were your thoughts on Brady White? What did anything affect him as far as outside, or was he just not uh, not playing his game and maybe overthinking it? He was too pumped up. He he came out overhyped for it. You could see he was he was sailing his passes a little bit, um, and I, th- I I think I think he was very indecisive. Um, he he looked like he was trying too hard, and that I and I will be straight up honest with everybody here. Um, I think I think Mike in Mike's impending departure. Brady really mm. wanted to play well for him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have zero doubts, and I think that was it. He was pressing, and instead of letting the game just kind of come to them, but I, so I mean, in the first half, it really looked like he was trying to be perfect. Um, yeah. And then, and and you know, when you're playing in a game like that. One mistake will lead to another, to another, to another, and and then you're just drowning in it. And you, you, it's sometimes it's tough to get out of it. Um, 
you know, in baseball, you know, hitters will go into a slump and they just can't get out of it. You know what I mean? And and, and that mm-hmm. happens. It happens. Um, that's sort of he 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 was in a slump. And and hey, look, give just Cincinnati's defense credit too. I mean, they were kicking our butts on up front. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, they, you know, give them credit. Like one of the things that we did in the second half, and we'll talk about this. I mean, we kind of switched up our blocking scheme a little bit, and yeah. and that helped. Uh, we started chipping more on the outside, and we gave Brady more time. And you know that was a big deal. The the long pass to Coxey on the outside, um, I believe it was Taylor that that um, that basically pancaked the linebacker, and I mean pancaked him um, on a blitz, and 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 that that sprang. Coxy on the the long pass, but I, I know that's the second mm-hmm. half. But I was just saying, like in the first half, Brady was just pressing, and he had pressure in his face that didn't help. Yeah, Isaac, uh, your thoughts on uh, the, the first half? Another stat that that you know jumped out at me, and it's not just Brady because the whole team, uh, the, the offense, they were two for ten. They were only twenty percent on third down. I think that was you know a key factor as well in the first half. Yeah, it, it it was rough, and like Larry said, I'm not sure what it was, but he, he just didn't seem to have the confidence in himself that he had. I mean, over the last several games, we hadn't seen him struggle in a while. Um, and he just first half again, he just seemed like he was pressing a little bit. Um, you got to give credit to, to Cincinnati's defense because they were just they were ready for everything that we were doing. Um, I mean, they just couldn't get anything going, and they were luckily only be down four. Um, at, at the half, I mean, they could have been down a lot more. So that's a, a testament to the defense to only be down four, four at the half. But um, I mean, he just struggled. I mean, he just missing throws, like bad decisions. He's indecisive on what he wanted to do in the pocket. And um, again, man, to again to, to win a game like that, where he played like that in the first half, um, I think they were really fortunate because the offense. I mean, they just couldn't get anything going in the first half. And um, I mean, it wasn't. Even even in the second half, and I guess we'll talk about that a little bit. It wasn't wasn't clean or, or or fantastic. They didn't make some huge. I mean, they did again, like Larry said, they changed up the the blocking scheme and they found some things that worked. Um, they kind of went away from from Gainwell there in the first half, um, and it kind of kind of got him back involved there in the second half. But um, it, it wasn't pretty. But again, they were getting whooped up front um, <laughs> through the second half, first half, and, and Cincinnati was just seemed to be ready and right on everything that they were doing. Yeah, and when you look at the stats in the second half, I mean, they had 214 total yards in the first half, uh, not that much more in the second half, 233. But, yeah. you know, they did play, you know, a cleaner game in the second half. Uh, they were five for eight on third downs uh, in the second half. You know, those halftime adjustments, and I think the, the coaching staff really settled the guys down. And just, you know, your overall thoughts on, on the second half, um, Larry, and – Talk about that that ending as well. Uh, you know, man, it, it was close. It could, you know, gone either no, way man. there for a while in the fourth uh, in the fourth quarter. But Memphis finally mm-hmm. pulled out. That was only his. I have to go back and check. Either his, I think, third time ever in his uh, you know coaching career at Memphis that uh, you know he came back and won a game when he was down uh, or trailing going into the fourth quarter. So. Yes, we we were trailing, but we were trailing by one point. So yes, if I'm not incorrect, right? It was twenty-one twenty. So yeah. um, and 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 so we get we get the 
the field goal, the Patterson field goal, I think puts us. Maybe, how did it go, guys? Yeah, they, it was, uh, the fifty-two yarder made it twenty-one twenty, and then that fifty-yarder yeah. early in the yeah, fifty uh, early quarter made it. Yeah, yeah, yep. that gave us the lead, and then then they kicked the field goal to retake the lead. Yes. Um, yeah, four and, and, four twenty-three. And on that drive, so, so, right. So so on that drive, um, when they when they get down and they kick the field goal, there was a couple plays where. You know, I think there was there was a call that we might have should have had a hold, defensive hold. We didn't keep that getting called. I mean, this was a game unlike the SMU game where if you were breathing on a receiver, um, th- this was a game where the, the receivers could get roughed up a little bit. And yeah, they didn't they let, call they let play. Yeah, um, that's a polite way for saying they got assaulted. Um, <laughs> but, but that's okay. I mean, look, as long as you're consistent. And and, yeah, and, and the players don't, don't know how to do it, right? You, you, I mean, look, I love those days. <laughs> you go let us play. Oh, yeah, here just, we go. Just don't be. I, mean, I was gonna say, just don't be one-sided with the calls. As long as, as long as they right, let, right. let it go on it both was, sides, I'm I'm fine with it. Right. If you're gonna call me every time I sneeze on the guy, okay. Well, I, well, I'll you know, okay. This is the game you want us to play. Um, but but you know, I, so I th- I so I said there was three main plays. I think I think the two two of the plays happened in the fourth quarter and it, it was really one of one of the plays was on that drive where the kid from Cincinnati flat dropped a pass that would have got given them a first yeah. down and probably yeah. they would have scored a touchdown I mean that he was he, he was it would have so he did he doesn't make that play and we stop him on the next play which I think we blitzed him and he um, through a, a pass, which Riddler was really inconsistent. Um, he was he was very elusive, hard to get to, but he was very inconsistent with his passing, especially in the pocket. Um, and he also was not taking care of the ball like we saw in the fumble on the long the long run where he fumbled the football. Um, we not Claybrooks knocked it out of his hands. Um, and by the mm-hmm. way, Chris Claybrooks played a hell of a game. By the way, just just for hey, years. Um, but so in the in the fourth quarter. You know, I said that Brady was trying too hard, um, and we had a lot of drops throughout the game. But on that last drive, Gainwell made a big catch that that sort of gave us a first down. Um, we ran the ball well all game, and and then of course um, we really found something with Antonio coming because the long touchdown run was on the on the the Antonio. Well, we we did the split split T. And you, ha- you line up Gamewell on one mm-hmm. side, Antonio on the other side. And the, the the one that didn't work was sending Antonio out and then handing off to Gamewell. That did not work all day. Yeah, it is. No, but couldn't when, get it going at all. But when we did it the other way and you sent Gamewell out and you handed off to Antonio, well, we, we got something every time. And in the last play, we split Antonio out. But we didn't hand off. We turned around and threw the ball to him, and that was the touchdown. And you talk about Brady is a cool customer, folks. I mean, that last drive, was there ever any doubt we were going to get in field goal range? Did anybody have any question there? I didn't. Like, I knew mm. Brady was going to lead us to field goal range. Now, I'm glad as hell we got the touchdown. 
because otherwise we'd lost. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I was going to ask you, but, you two about that because uh, I thought, you know, and, and I tweeted about it, you know, during the game. I was like, you know, I, I was, I would have felt more comfortable just running the timeout, waiting till about 30 seconds, kick the field yeah. goal. Then you have, you know, you still have the lead. I agree. But That's what I was now thinking. you have less time to work with. But Norvell, well, uh, so you're on third. You're, you're third well, here's the problem. You're, 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 you're third down. All right. Mm-hmm. When we scored, so and and, and they and, and they're out of timeouts because they used their last timeout. So yes, you could have done that. Let's say you don't get the first down. You're going to run the clock down. You get 25 seconds. Play's going to take four or five seconds. So. 25 seconds, they're still going to have 40-something seconds to or so. Um, I yeah. get what you're saying. Boy, did we almost get the freaking two-point conversion, and then it was just you know, <laughs> I mean, God. Yeah. It's, uh, look, <laughs> damn it. But anyway, yeah, we didn't. Dropped it, man. So, so, yeah, I don't so, so you so, so, To your point, I see what you're saying, Brian. Ideally, what we would have done is got a first down on third down, but not a touchdown. Because now, then the game's over. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Cause you did, yeah. It wasn't goal to go. We could have got a first down, as I recall. I think I think I don't think it was goal to go. So I could be wrong, and I'm sure Jeb's going to bust me out for that. Um, you, <laughs> you, you have to understand, like like my heart rate was probably at, at a million at that point. So if I'm, I'm missing something, then that's, that's my fault. But um, so the I mean try trying to beat around I'm not beating around the bush here to answer your question, but I mean the second half in general we changed up our blocking scheme to to I sort of looked. counteract was, uh, what they were. Yeah, it was third and goal from the uh, six yard line. Okay, yeah. my fault. So we had to score a touchdown. Yeah. Right, had we had to score. score a touchdown or kick a field goal. Um, so I, at the end of the day, if, if those are my choices, I score a touchdown every time. I mean, it, you forced them to score a touchdown to beat you. You know, so uh, I thought I thought it. And Norvell is, is aggressive. He, he's he's yeah, always I, been I, aggressive. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Isaac. Yeah, I was going to say that. I, I think I got to agree with Brian. I would have. I thought. I think. I don't think I would have been as aggressive. I think I would have kind of played for the field goal, trying to drain the clock. But again, like you said, Norvell is, is always been aggressive, and he was aggressive on that play, and it ended up working out. Uh, for them because, shoot, man, if they, if they had <laughs> somehow how that, that final drive went for Cincinnati. But looking at the, the second half overall, man, shout out to, to, to Pat, Riley Patterson, man, a 50 and a 52-yarder. You look at that final score, you win the game by five. That's six points right there. Uh, I mean, he's big, big in that game for a guy who was much maligned uh, coming into this season. Uh, to, to, to I think he made first team and to, to go out like that, I think it was really special. Uh, for for him, but the second half again, they they did change up their blocking scheme. They were able to get some some things going on on the ground, and, and Antonio Gibson just a big game all day. Demonte Culsey with big catches all throughout the game, and that last drive, um, Brady. I mean, in that situation, in that moment, uh, took took the football, took the team, drove them down the field, and was able to get in the end zone. Um, it's just. Again, I mean, uh, shout out to him. That was a, a big-time moment, and, and he came up big for a guy who, again, people have was much aligned himself coming into the season to, to end, the, end the regular season or the championship game like that to lead the team down the field for a touchdown. I think it was really big for him, especially 
uh, after the way he played in the first half where he struggled. Tigers do win 29-24, caps off a 12-1 um, and season. When you look at this game, who was your offensive MVP? For me, uh, I mean, you can, you can go a couple different ways. Uh, I mean, it, it's hard. Well, Antonio, I mean, Gibson. Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson. Yeah. Yeah, no, you got to be I mean, look, the, the touchdown run in the first half, uh, touchdown yeah. pass, reception in the second, uh, right at the end of the game, I, I thought Brady was inconsistent. Um, Kenny, again, their game plan was we're not going to let Kenny beat us. Um you know, he, he and Pat still ran combined for over 100 yards, I believe, right at it anyway. Um, and, you know, Gibson with his long run, and we still – I think we ran for over 200 yards as a team. Yeah, it was so, – as a team, ran for 194. Uh, cause they did 92 combined. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was – I mean, I knew it was close right at it. Um, yeah. And, 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 I mean, that, you know, I, 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 now, that's not to take away from anything from DeMonte. You know, I, I was at the time oh, he, walk, he came by, and I, I yeah. looked him dead in the eye. I said, are you, are you ready? Like, you know, are you ready? And he looked at me and said, yeah, boss, I'm ready. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he was ready. Um, and, and you can tell, like, it, it, because, because you got to realize, like, for these kids, this is the last home game. And, mm-hmm. um, and for some of them last ever, um, for some of them, you know, this will be – some of them, you know, uh, if, if they're good enough, look, let's face it, they might be the last time they play college football. I mean, some of them may opt to not play the, the cut ball. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think there's anybody out there that's going to do that. But you never know, guys. I mean, let's be honest. I, I'm not trying to break news here. I don't know of anybody that's in that position um, right now on our now, team. I was going to – that was a topic for a little bit later when we started talking about the press conference. That, yeah, but, uh, but, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think – Anybody would sit out. I mean, Coxie, um, now he's not a senior. I'm trying to think of the seniors that would, uh, that would well, sit out. Well, Car- Carter, would be, I don't Carter think could be eligible, but he's hurt. He's not going to play. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> trying to think who else. You've got um, – I'm just trying to think of guys that realistically um, – Coxie's yeah. a junior, but he's eligible. Um, yeah, I, mean, I don't I think can't, he's going to sit. I can't really think of anybody. Uh-uh. No, I, I doubt Coach uh-uh. is Gainwell's not eligible. Um, can't think of anybody, guys. Can't think of anybody. But, I mean, yeah, no, you I know, can't. there's always that, that, that odd bird, you know, that could come up, you know. But, yeah. I, I, you know, um, I, I just I, – and I know we're going to talk about the cotton ball here in a second, but – I mean, I just can't see anybody skipping up that opportunity. That's just one of those, especially no, against so a really good Penn State team. I mean, yeah. that's a really, yep. really good Penn State team. I um, mean, these guys work so hard to get to to where they are. I mean, to get twelve and one, man, to to sit out now. I mean, especially if you you're not a guy that's like a senior. Like I said, you think in an NFL draft or anything like that. I mean, I think most of these guys these guys should should play in the game. I can't see any reason why anybody would skip it. I, I can't either, but you know what? It's not, I mean, I'm not. You never know. <laughs> You're never right. Know. You never know what what guys it. are thinking. I don't. Like I said, you know, you get you get somebody talking in their ear, going, "Man, you're gonna be in the NFL draft." Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. What is what is what is my, what does my <laughs> boy Keith say? You know, heroes, hobos, and street corner clowns. I'm not stealing your line, buddy. <laughs> um, that's what you say. Yeah. Uh, and, and next thing you know, you got you got one of those cats 
talking in your ear and but I hope that doesn't happen. I, I think I think we'll be fine. But my point in all this was for a lot of those kids, this was the last time they're ever going to play in, at home, and yep. to be able to go out like that is just um, special. So, but anyway, I, I would go with Gibson. And then after the game, obviously, you know Mike Norvell. Uh, it's, it's it's known by that point that you know he's gone to uh, Florida State. Took less money head to go, coach, by the way. Name. Took less money. I see. I, I haven't. I was going to ask you. Do you know the numbers at Florida State? Because I heard that, but I haven't seen the numbers yet. Six years, twenty-two point two million. Yeah, it was at like three point seven. Mm. The average, something like that. Basically, basically the same money he was going to get from Memphis, except yeah. a year shorter. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, so, so when he talked I mean, about he, when Norvell he, talked about it would take a special place for him to leave. And then, I, well, during his press conference, he talked about he had a uh, – in Texas, you know, in his bedroom, he had a Florida State, uh, I think, Florida uh, State. Said, uh, license plate or something like that. Yeah. That's something I didn't know about him. I didn't know he was a Florida State fan. Yeah. He said when he grew up, he was a Florida State fan. I didn't I didn't know that either. But, I mean, you I mean, you can't fault him for – I mean, because this wasn't about money with him. It, it's obvious no. that that wasn't what it was about. And I think at Florida State – hadn't offered him, I think he would still be the coach here. It took a special special job for him to take it. He I, he was never taking an Arkansas job. He wasn't taking an old no. Miss job. It it was Florida State a bust, and they they got he got the job. And and I, and I, I can't like I said again, I can't blame him for for turning it down because he's a guy who stayed. Could have been gone already. Um, I mean, he stayed here, was loyal to this program and, and, and to the city, and he deserves it. I mean, he's done everything they're right. And I mean, what a way to go out to. To win the conference championship and and have this team in the Cotton Bowl, um, I, I don't think he could have went out uh, any better. And uh, oh, going oh, transition. Are we going to talk about? Okay. Oh, hey, are we are we going to talk about whether he's going to coach or not? Because I legit don't know. But if I had to place Here's, money on it right now, I I'd, I'd say no. Mm-hmm. I would but say I, no I, too I, I kinda, because yeah. What were you saying, Isaac? I was gonna say I kind of I kind of think if it was solely left up to him, I, I think he would. Uh, he thinks told the team that he would coach that for allowing, but it's up to University of Memphis whether they want to do it and whether Florida State would let him do it. And I, I don't think I don't think Florida State they, they're gonna like man, you need to be putting together staff, you need to be recruiting. We we're paying you. You're on the Florida State payroll now. You're not gonna be out there coaching for Memphis. So I don't think he would. But I think if it was solely left up to him, I think he's the kind of guy who cares enough about these players in this program that he would do it, but I don't think he ends up coaching it, if I had to bet. There, I think yep. there'd be a, there's a case to be made yes and no. Uh, for me, uh, I would say no, because I'm I'm really interested to see what, you know, Coach Silverfield, you know, can do. Yeah. This is his, it, boom, this is, you know, great audition, trial yeah. by fire. I mean, this is an yeah, excellent I opportunity. Think, but, I, but I don't think this is, a, this is a job interview for the Memphis job. He's either going to get the Memphis job, or he's not going to get the Memphis job, and it'll be known before then. The yeah, I gotta agree. It will be, will be before for, that. Yeah, well, well, the only thing this will be is a potential uh, opportunity for him to showcase what he can do to a future employer if it's not Memphis. Um, and and uh, yeah, my no point because if if he let's just say he is known, it, it says boom, we remove the interim tag. Do right. you really want Norvell there because it's taken away nope. from your limelight? Yeah. Exactly. Well, so the last, so one of the last times this did happen, 
was Utah. When Utah played in the Fiesta Bowl, and Urban was already hired by Florida, but he and Whittingham were co-head coaches at the Fiesta Bowl. Um, as I recall, they got the crap beat out of them. But regardless, um, and I could be wrong on that, that's just my recollection of it. Um, and Utah's getting the, getting the crap beat out of them a lot recently, so maybe I'm just, you know, super, superimposing. But regardless, <laughs> the point is um, that that has happened. There's precedent for that. If 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 they're going to do that, and, and Mike wants to be a part of it, and they're going to let Ryan, I could see that scenario where Norvell says, says to Florida, I'm taking care of everything. I'm only going to go in and help call plays for the last game. It's going to be four and a half hours of my life, you know, and that's it. I'm not game planning or anything like that. I'm going to be out here recruiting for you guys, you know, um, and all that. And, but I, I really don't believe that's going to happen. I think Mike is going to be on the sidelines for Florida State when they're, they're in uh, El Paso. That's my prediction. Okay, what do you guys think about, say, a week from now, they hire somebody, and it's not Ryan Silverfield. Um, kind of that Very would be possible. kind of a weird situation. How, how do you guys? Would, how do you think that would play out? Just like it did in Birmingham. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I just think. Does anybody here? I know I'm the I'm the old man of the group here, but does anybody remember when Tulane played in the Liberty Bowl, and they were undefeated? And Tulane had passed on, passed on Rich Rodriguez, and I can't even remember yeah, the bozo yeah, that they hired. Um, whoever it was, Kyle or something, Selfo, Chris Selfo, or some crap like that, and uh, yeah. some guy, and he he flamed <laughs> out in two or three years. But but, but the, you know you pass on Rich Rodriguez, which everybody knew this guy was going to be a star, right? I mean, it's not hard to see that. Um. But anyway, so but Rod, Rich Rod, coached that game in Tulane. He coached them. They beat the crap out of BYU. I was at the game. I, I could, if that situation comes up, I think that would be a similar scenario. Where, but I caution everybody in the Twitterverse. Um, don't you guys don't know crap. I'm just telling you, like, and not that I'm some sage or anything, but I mean, you know, Isaac, I know you've been to the practices. I've been to the practices. You know, I, I think, I, I, I think, I think there's a lot to be like, lot to like about Ryan Silverfield, but there are some huge red flags too. And if you don't talk about those, at least I think, you know, these are people that are just going off of what everybody in the media is saying. Yeah. But there's huge red flags. And I mean, we can talk about that, but whatever. But I mean, they're there. And if you don't, at least yeah, we'll, we'll go, we there, can go through. Uh, you know, we'll go through some of the uh, some of the names that we're hearing that you know we put on the, uh, right. the coaches board. Um, mm-hmm. You know, before we go name by name, that, who sure. who's your favorite right now? If, who, if who, you were who the would AD, I want? yeah, who, oh, who, if you were the, if Long. you were the AD, so you chip Long. I'd chip Long. Uh, yeah. Isaac, what about you? Who would you hire if you were the AD? Like uh, before before today, Tip Tip Long was my number one guy. I had Tip Field number two, but after hearing 
heard his comments and, and the way the players reacted for him to be known, named interim, and you got to think about it. He has the relationship with a lot of the committed guys. I, I just think there's a lot to be said for continuity. And Mike Novell yeah, created a culture here. And a guy, <laughs> yeah, Mike Novell <laughs> created a, a culture here. And he's a guy that, that's been just there. And I just think it. <laughs> I just think it. I just think for the sake of trying to keep this thing rolling the way it is, I think Timberfield will, would be my top guy. But I wouldn't be mad at Chip Long at all. I mean, they're right there, one A, one B. I think Chip Long would come in here and do a fantastic job. I know a lot of fans are aware his offense wasn't wasn't great at Notre Dame, uh, he's, but he's running. I mean, chip, that, that, running that guy chip. can coach. Yeah, he he he's not running. He's not running his offense. He's he's running Kelly's yeah. offense. Taylor Kelly's offense, exactly. And, and that's the thing. Listen, I mean, this this guy can coach, man. Not, yeah, he can coach. If you ask him, people forget this. He And and, and I think, Ryan, uh, Brian, you're the one that told me this, or maybe somebody else over there. I can't remember who told me this. He actually recruited um, Brady to ASU. It makes, yeah, yeah, Brady yeah, yeah I told you. He told me that. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. Yep. I, I, now, I did not know that. I, I knew he was at ASU. Yeah, he did. And, and he will tell you that he and Norvell together installed that offense. That he, you know, he and 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 Mike, that offense. That, I mean, you know, obviously Mike's tweaked it over the years, but but that first that first year, like that's the offense that they installed. Yeah, that's the base, I mean, base oh, offense. Yeah. So. Yeah, that that was their offense, and that's the offense that essentially he would run. The same thing. I mean, you know, um, I think there's another. And look, I'm not. I'm trying to make my case. But, I mean, if they hired Ryan Stillfield, my main my main Red flag is he's never called a play. Never been a coordinator, yeah. And, and I've had a lot I mean, of people kind of compare him guys, to, to Larry Porter, which I think is on. I think that's a little bit unfair. I've no, had a guy compared no, to Larry Porter, but the guy that Arkansas but I do. I, I agree with you. Not an unfair. I, I'm just yeah, saying. I mean, I can see that. I can see that. I, I just think my my thing is just for the continuity of. Of the factor, but there are definitely some reservations. I mean, he's never been a coordinator, never called a play, and that's something, something that could. I mean, you don't know. We, did, we didn't them. keep. I mean, we you, didn't you, keep continuity after Justin left, and that worked out perfect. Yeah, <laughs> but again, I mean, Tip I Long mean, is another. A lot of positive with Tip. I mean, he's he been is, here he before. Again, he knows the offense. That's different continuity, Isaac. That's different. Like he's, yeah. He's he's a he's a different guy. He's from Birmingham. Um, a guy that. You know, is and and I think the biggest here's the biggest concern that ever, back in mid part of the season when we started hearing rumblings, one thing I heard about from all the boosters is well, I don't think he'll take the job, and like it took two phone calls to find out hell yeah he'll take the job, <laughs> like literally no, like, you know this reminds me of the Calipari thing where I heard well, John Calipari's not coming to Memphis, and it took like two phone calls not from me but I mean from other people to figure out, yeah, John would John would definitely take the job over Georgia Tech. I mean, I, I just I wonder, did anybody even bother? I mean, pick up the phone. Um, yeah, that's. It's, it's, it's still, I mean, but anyway, but, so you asked, and that's what I said. Who, who <laughs> no, like, I mean, no problem at all. <laughs> I'm, I, who do you I'm like? One A, one B. It would be such a hard decision for me between Silverfield and Long. I mean, I've been debating it all day on which one, you know, what I I, I would prefer. And, you know, I think – Well, Silverfield's I, not my I, second. I, I'll tell you straight up. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, my two – see, here, here would be my top three. We'll get everyone's top three. So my top three, you know, I have like 1A, 1B, and then number three. 
So Silver Field long and my number three and there's a lot of people that don't like him. Uh, not necessarily okay. don't like him, but just don't think he's a good fit. I still think Barry Odom would be a great fit for Memphis, <laughs> even though uh, even though he's not an offensive mind. And me and Isaac talked off air. You know, he's like, yeah. well, he's not an offensive mind. Well, guess what? He yeah, yeah. Drew Locke and Drew Locke. Drew Locke came out just fine, what? and he's having you know, <laughs> well, look at, he's, he's, you know. Oh, you're definitely. So, he was awesome, right? I mean, he. <laughs> He's he turning chicken crap into, yeah. into chicken salad there in, in Denver, right? <laughs> and, um, and Barry Odom had a team that thumped Memphis. So, I, I don't know. I just – those, those would be my three. Who, who's, so, who's your three, Larry? Well, I, I, my first, number one is Chip Long. Number two is Hugh Freeze. And then number three would probably be – I. I See, I, I want people that I know that, that are, are, are boosters aren't even going to hire. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing like, with me. I'm trying to think of a third guy. You know, I, 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 but I, if they hired Ryan, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset. I would be cautiously optimistic. But the problem – here's the problem, guys, is that at a school like Memphis, it's hard enough to find one coordinator that's good. Because what sunk Barry in 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 the SEC was hiring Derek Dewey. I mean, I'm sorry, it did. And you you can say it's Drew Lock all that. No, it's Derek Dooley hiring him as an offensive coordinator. Um, but so it, it's tough in Memphis because what I hear about Ryan, well, he'll just hire some coordinators and he'll be fine. Guys, it's not the, look how long it took Mike to find a defensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah. I mean. After after Odom left um, Memphis, I mean Justin struggled defensively. Yeah, um, it's tough. It's tough to find good coordinators, and and you're talking about with Silverfield, you're going to have to hire two coordinators. One on offense, one on defense. I, I think he could keep. I think he could keep Fuller. I really do. That's why. That's why I'm not yeah, as I, I, I worried. Do. You think? I agree you think Fuller's done? No, I, I agree that oh, okay. he, he probably will next year, but at some point, sooner rather than later, Adam's yeah. going to go back and be a head coach somewhere, probably in the CUSA. But, um, but you know, that's so that's the problem. Hey, look, I hate to be like this, but if you want to hire, if you want to hire a defensive-minded coach, go down and get Clark from UAB and let's call it a day. I, I mean, you can get Bill. And I know he can. I know he can call plays. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind Barry. I wouldn't, but I, and and I probably would have Barry third simply because, a, um, I know he can call plays. I know he can coach defense in the AAC. And number two, I don't think it'll ever get to him because e- either Chip or Hugh will take the job. Yeah. So, so that's my that's my three. I yeah, it's your top three. So. Uh, out of, out of the names we've heard, it's tough to call a third a guy that I really like, um, who I don't even know if they ever seriously considered. But he, of course, got the Missouri job today. Is Elijah Drinkwood from uh, App State uh, was was my third when I put out my list. Um, definitely, I'm with Brian with one A one B with Silverfield and Chip Long. I guess if I had a third guy, which I'm not a big fan of, I guess Hugh Freeze would be my third out of the names that we've heard. But I'm not. Not really wouldn't be really excited about that. 
Uh, Barry Odom, I just think the American is such an, an offensive league, and it's just so different than what they're doing. I, it's not that I think he'd do a terrible job. I just, I, I, I just want them to stick with the kind of younger, innovative, offensive guy uh, that they, the blueprint that they went with the last two times. It's kind of what I wish they stick with. It's not that again. I, I don't. I know, I know Barry, Barry Odom can coach coach the defense. It's just a wide open league, and, and you, you score a lot of points in AAC. I just want to stick on the offensive side, but I guess Hugh Freeze would be be my third guy. But uh, again, I have some, you know, the baggage that he comes with. He can coach. It's just he comes with that baggage. Well, let me Luke, ask you this. Luke Fickle's a defensive it's, guy too. I'll just throw that out there. So I mean, I wouldn't be yeah, afraid of me. defensive guys. He is. He is. And, and they don't score a lot of points. And 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 watching their games is like watching grass grow. I mean, you know, I I I tried to watch. The, I just I just don't, the, I just don't like that, with the, that style. Right here's the problem with the defensive guys. And I actually got into a, a discussion about this with Brendan Brendan Styles, who who covers um, Iowa. And he and I had a conversation about Kirk Ferentz, and I said, you know, the problem there is, you will lose a game. You should win simply because you don't score enough points. Score enough points, yeah. And, and yeah, Especially and he said, well. <laughs> Well, yeah, you you just cut me, you just cut my point there, because because what he says, well, yeah, but we, but but he's beat Ohio State and and Michigan more than any other Iowa coach ever, simply because he keeps it close and we 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 squeak them out. Without him, we couldn't do that. And I said, you know what? He's right. For Iowa, that's perfect. The problem with Cincinnati yeah. is you can't go to overtime with ECU. You can't have <laughs> a close game with USF. You just should. You've got to. You've got to blow them out. And the only way you can do that is a high-powered offense. You can't go – because eventually your kicker is going to miss a field goal or you're going to have a kid fumble or you're going to have – you're going to make a mistake. And if it's close, you can lose. That's the problem. In the AAC, you've got to score points. It's just that simple. That's so the what mo- cost Cincinnati yeah. the, the championship, Brian. No, I, I definitely understand. And I was going to say real quick, there's a lot of people on Tip Long. I've had a lot of people telling me today, oh, well, he left us the first chance he got. He left for the, to be the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame. But you can't – I mean, a lot of people just, just start to say this. I mean, it's Notre Dame. I mean, he had to, he had to take that job. But, I, I mean, it's we, crazy some of the things that you get on Twitter. Notre Dame, Texas A&M, and Auburn. It isn't like exactly. they went to – it isn't like they went to freaking Marshall – I mean, yeah. you know, oh, the menu or something. Marshall, I mean, does it against Marshall? <laughs> uh, you know, you, you know. But I'm just saying, like, it's not like we lost lost them to a peer. We lost them to perennial powers. I mean, and, yeah, it's Notre Dame, man. <laughs> and, and, and right, and, and and he took an OC job. It wasn't like he went to be a position coach. I, mm-hmm. Now, I. You know, the argument, well, Silverfield State, yeah, he did. He did. He could have been the offensive line coach at Alabama. He could have been the offensive line coach at Nebraska. He could have been at Florida. Florida. Um, uh, uh, Who was the other one? Um, uh, uh, Kansas. Um, There was a bunch of schools that came after him. NFL teams came after him. Yes, he could have taken any of those jobs and been an offensive line coach. And I'll tell him he might should have. Um, but I appreciate the fact that he stayed. I have reservations, and I, uh, you know, but um, if he's the guy, he's the guy, and 
you know, I don't want to win the press conference, guys, and I certainly don't want to win the approval of the people on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, you, you know how, how, how Memphis is. Memphis, I put out a tweet earlier, Memphis has a thing about guys that, quote, want to be here, they stay here. That's a big thing in, in Memphis, and I think, again, that's a, one reason why people really love Timberfield. I mean, I do like the fact that he loves his community. I mean, he, I mean, you, I mean it's probably cliche, but press office, he's talking 20 years down the line, talking about he's retiring here, and I mean, people like that. I mean, that's – that's what, especially at Memphis. You know I mean, what, I think Memphis has... can, can I can I tell you guys something? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna just bare my soul here. I don't want somebody that's satisfied. <laughs> I want that guy that is hungry. That's hungry. That guy that's yeah, coming I in guess. that wants to. He, he's got his chip on the shoulder. He wants to prove to the world that they were wrong. Yes, we would all love to find our Kyle Whittingham, a guy who loves it there, is going to be there, is going to win a lot of games. But here's the reality. Memphis, for Memphis to find that, that, that's a really rare thing. I mean, you, you can, the reason guys like Joe Paterno, which I'm tying into Penn State here, Bobby Bowden, you know, Florida State tying that in, um, the reason guys like those are so lauded is because that never happens. It just never happens. You don't ever see a guy spend 30 years of his life at a school and win a whole bunch of football Beat games. A whole bunch of games, yeah. You're right about that. It just never happens. I mean, you know, all the great coaches um, generally move around. I mean, if you think of the, the – the, who's the, the, the two best head coaches right now, I guess you probably would say uh, – I, I don't know. We could uh, – Dabo, Saban, and Saban. Urban Meyer. Okay, I'm just um, – all of them, every flipping one of them have been Ooh. coaches at other schools. Yeah. They leave it in the NFL, so – <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it, it just never happened. Look, I'd love to play. My point in all this, give me a guy that wants to go out there and prove to the world how great he is and that he wants to he wants to build our program. If he leaves in four or five years and goes to Notre Dame or goes to Penn State or whatever, you know what? Just went to Penn State. That's fine. I mean, we got five years of this cat. You think Utah would, is angry because Urban left up for five years? No. Got him in the freaking Pac-12. They're not mad. I mean, you, keep, you keep, keep those guys coming through, and it doesn't matter. I mean, it's, it's not impossible to find a good young coach. You may have to cycle through a couple of bad ones, but everybody hires a bad coach, you know. That's what Memphis I want the guy. afford. They, 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 they just can't. That. Yeah, they, they, no, they, this is huge. It's, listen, you're right. It's a, it's a big hire, and we need to make, make, be careful, do our due diligence, and don't screw up. I completely concur. Um, but if you have a bad hire, identify it quickly like, like Florida State did. Hey, we, we hired the wrong guy. Okay, move on. Someone else. Houston, yeah. Houston made a bad hire. I mean, they did. Apple White couldn't. Apple White's defense couldn't stop you, me, and 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 nine other guys. <laughs> and I'm damn near 48 years old. So we're all, we're all we're just, split on on Silverfield. We all agree on, on Chip Long. Uh, yeah. You know the 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 uh, like Barry Odom. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, no search for him needed. Just call it contact us. I, I, but the polarizing exactly. one is Huey Freeze. Uh, that, yeah. He can he can coach, he can recruit, but man, don't, from the people I, I've heard, again, Twitterverse is, is Twitterverse, but don't man, Twitterverse. The, the fan base is, seems to be a little divided uh, on a Hugh Freeze hire. I don't hire. know what they want. Let's, yeah, let's, let's they're let's either, people, either people love it or, or they hate it. People either love the idea or they care. hate it. If, 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 I don't care. Let, let me he ask you. Let me ask, coach, man, you but. let me ask you to this. Take away the hookers and the NCAA stuff. <laughs> All right? I'm serious about that. All right, just wipe it clean. And just the football stuff, would you hire him? Would he be your yeah, first choice? If, if, yeah, I think I think he – if they could – if they, he was in a position where they could get him, like I, I think they could now. Oh, if no. They would hire him. Brian, I, I think, I, I, I think he'd, be the, he'd be my top choice. <laughs> I, I, and there, there's your answer, Isaac. There's your answer. I mean, he's want, right I mean, there. he's been. He want, He's always wanted this job. I mean, he wanted it when when Larry Porter he'll got the job. It. He was trying to get the job. He definitely. He'll definitely he'll take, take it. it. Um, and I'm sure no one would be happier than I got Mitch Davis if he did uh, become the head coach at Memphis. And, 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 and you know fan. what? And you know what? You know how long that'll last? The first game when he blitzes yeah. somebody. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, and one thing, I mean, it, it would definitely give you curb stomps. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, he, 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 you, you guys say can't miss on this hire. It's critical. It's a critical hire. There's your home run. I mean, because you know, I, you know I, what he can Mike, do, coaching wise. There's no question. He turned he turned the Kelly kid into a damn good good ball player. I mean, it's it kind of getting to your point, and it is kind of off subject to your point that you just made. It's kind of the same thing with Mike Norvell in Florida State. I mean, these people are losing their mind down there, and it's so crazy this idea that you can't be a good coach because come, you come from outside of Power Five. All these guys are outside of Power Five at, at one point. I mean, you look at these guys, Dick Saban, Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer started at Bowling Green. I mean, what, I, I, I don't want to say that point, right, but I, mean, it, I, I don't know, know what they're watching. And then he went to Utah, like, and then he went to Florida, and Utah yeah. wasn't a Power Five back then either. They no, weren't, they weren't, no. They, they weren't part of the well, – back then it was the BCS, but whatever, they weren't part of that either. Um, Nick David at Toledo. I, I, I mean, you, you, like I said, all I'm saying is you guys said you need a home run hire. Brian, I, I texted you the other night that I, I know uh-huh. that there – I will say this for a fact. I know that there – so this gets into – I know for a fact there's boosters that are in his corner. This gets into yeah. what made Mike a great coach. Really, really fast because I know time. But So in, in the booster verse, okay, if you will, um, and it's this way at every school, there's like different levels. There's like the level that most of us are at where we give, you know, a couple thousand dollars a year. We get our football tickets and, and, and our basketball tickets, you know. And you get your parking passes or whatever, and you contribute to TSF and, you know, whatever. And that's probably about 90, 85% of the boosters. But there is another level above that, which I'll call the millionaire level. And these are the guys that give twenty five, fifty, $100,000 a year. You know, and they've got maybe a luxury box in basketball or a luxury box in football, or maybe both. And, they're, and, so, and these are the guys that like to party. They're the guys that when you go to a road trip, they're the guys that are, are, are filling the bars and getting hammered 
And then in the summer, they take the players out to Pickwick for a, you know, for a barbecue or whatever. Okay, totally within NCAA rules, by the way. So they do all that. That's your millionaire crap, okay? And then there's another level above that. And that's the billionaire level, okay? And everybody knows who these guys are. You know, and, and not necessarily billionaire, but multi-multi-millionaires. You know, these are your Alan Grass, your Fred Smith, your Bill Walters. Uh, yeah, 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 that's, yeah, Fred, Bill, Alan Graff, you know, that level. And those are the guys that give that, – that pay Penny Hardaway's salary, that pay Mike Norvell's salary, um, that, that when you need a $3 million contract, they're the ones that guarantee the contract, okay? Gets paid. So – the thing about Mike that made him great was he could navigate all three levels of the boosterverse. He was awesome. He could, you know, he could, you know, come to the barbecue where we're at, go to the to the to the bar and drink with the millionaires, and go play golf with the billionaires. That's what made Mike brilliant. That's why he's a superstar. Okay. So when you talk about Hugh Freeze, Hugh Freeze has got. The millionaire crowd. Yeah. He knows them all. He knows them all. He, he's partied with them. You know, they know him. His kids went to ECS. He probably he probably coached some of their kids. It's the billionaire level that he – I don't know if he just doesn't know or just hasn't gotten there, or maybe they just don't like hookers and, and, and you know, weed. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, but my point is – if you talk to the boosters, that millionaire level, those are the guys that love him. Now, what I don't know is if he's going to have the support of that big-time level because they're the ones that are going to have to guarantee the salary. So that's where we're at. And you think it's uh, that's my opinion. Do you think uh, there's internal battle or internal struggles or whatever you want to call it about who to hire? <clears throat> Do you think those conversations are happening right now, or do you think everyone's kind of unified, you know, between a, a you know, a candidate or two, or do you think it, it could be I, wide open? Um, I think they would all really like Ryan Silverfield to knock it out of the park and, you know, convince everybody. Because I, I really thought – I talked to somebody at university Monday afternoon when it really became obvious that Mike was the, the guy. I mean it was by – I think there was hope at Florida State that they could still get Bob Stoops uh, even last weekend. Um, I think they, were, they thought they could or they, they hoped they could. When it became obvious that they weren't going to get Bob, they didn't want – is it Mark or Mike? I can't remember the guy at Kentucky. Mark. Um, they just, yeah, they just decided. So it was either going to be Mike or it was either going to be Mike Norvell or Campbell. Campbell, um, yeah. And I, and I think they just decided that um, for the money, they thought that there was not a, a difference between Mike and and Campbell. And they just said, well, we'll just go with Norvell because, you know, we're going to get the same product and probably get him cheaper. Um, so I think by when that happened, I called I called one of my buddies at the, 
the athletic department, and I was like, um, I was like, so you guys are going to co- coaching search? And he goes, yeah, sure looks that way. And I said, <clears throat> we've talked about some candidates. You know, Silverfield came up. And I said, what about Hugh Freeze? And I got the – I mean, like an audible <laughs> sigh. <laughs> and he was like, probably not, but damn, he's good. That's what – I mean, that's exactly what the guy said. Like, and that, and that, not, that's, that's the situation. And that's exactly what we just said. <laughs> that's the situation. And I mean, because I mean, there's no question about his coaching acumen and what he can do as far as recruiting and talking and being being that guy. But it's just the uh, the baggage that you got that, the that lane train. You got the lane train an hour and a half from you now. What that? What that be? Well, how, how, that'd be fun. <laughs> not just that. I mean, you've got to have somebody who who can counter that. I'm serious. This 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 is this is the 1990s. You know, I, you gotta I have think somebody. To me, if it's, I agree. Someone needs to counteract that. When I look at it as recruiting wise, that's what I'm looking at. Because to me, yeah, any yeah. school, the life, the, yeah. the lifeline, you know, the bloodline is, is recruiting. Is recruiting. And I, I point to Silverfield because he went into Nashville and got T.J. Carter and got Obena Ize from SEC schools, from Big Ten schools. Uh, I, I mean that's I mean that's 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 hard to do. I mean, uh, so that's why I'd, I'd give the edge there. Yeah, great recruiter. I he has called plays before, high level no, uh, not that I'm aware of anyway. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Just look high at next year's count, schedule. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think, well, I mean. I, I, think I think the fact that I, I think he had a lot of input. I think he had a lot of input. If you talk to Mike Norvell, yeah. and he, you know, I think um, you know Silverfield had more input than you know people give him credit for on the yeah, offense. Yeah, I, I do too. Uh, especially in the run game. But when you look, this hey, is why you... the Memphis job is so sought after. When you take a look at next year's schedule. There's easily minimum. You know, eight wins. Eight wins to me would be a bad yeah, it, year when you look at next year's schedule. Yeah, it's off. I mean, you look at the non-con. It was at UC San Antonio, Arkansas State, Martin, and at Purdue was the non-con schedule. I mean, it's set up for you to win again, but probably even more than it was this year. I mean, you look at the schedule this year. We thought it was a schedule where they could win a lot of games. I think even looking at next year, I think it's even more. Um, especially if you, I guess, you look at Purdue. You had Ole Miss on the schedule this year, but they were kind of down. Purdue was a team that you think if you're at the level that they should be at that you can beat. I mean, it's set up for you to win, uh, just like Brian said. So you're not walking into a, a really tough situation here. Uh, but the guy, what we were just talking about with Silverfield, I think, again, I, I, with Larry, I think there's a lot of people in this corner in that have me, and I think they don't want to have to say no to him um, in the end and, and, and go over his head and hire somebody else. I think they want it to be him but I, I guess, again, he's going to have to prove that he's the guy. But I think they're pulling for him to prove to them that he's the guy. Well, I think there's more to it than that, too. I think I think he's got to show he's got a plan, and he can answer the big questions. Look, when Barry Odom was announced in Missouri, the players went crazy, too. I, I, I'm sorry. That means nothing to me. I'm not going to let the future of the program be decided by – the players that are there, I just can't. You can't do that. That we're the well. There are adults that have to make these decisions, and, and 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 not that not that we shouldn't listen to them, 
think when it comes to this stuff, it has to be – there are people out there that get paid to do this really well. And um, I, I can only tell you this from doing the job that I do. Like, it, it, you, know, it, it, you cannot trust 18 to 21-year-olds um, to – you know, that's not who I want making my decisions. Um, you know, look, you think USC wants to fire their coach right now? Yeah, they want to fire him. But, but Sexton did his thing. Um, they, you know, all the players wanted him hired too. And, you know, I'm just telling you guys, we're not, we shouldn't let that, that be the deciding force. Well, I was going to say that, that's part of it. But also for me, it's to recruit the guys that are committed. I think he can hang on to most of those guys. I mean, it, it, it goes fast as the guys on the roster now being excited. I just think, again, you, we go back to that continuity. I know what you, what you said uh, about that. We've seen no, I, situations like that before that didn't work out. It but doesn't matter. It, it, it won't matter, guys. I mean, it, it, look, if you don't win, holding on to this class won't mean a thing. You've got to win to keep That's true. the recruits coming in. You've got to win. It's, it's great that you can keep continuity and all that, but you've got to win, and you've got to go out there, and you got to – what makes those players want to come here is because they, they look at ESPN and they go, oh, crap, they're out there beating the fire out of people. Man, I want to be a part of that. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's what it's all about. And I, I'm look. I'm not saying he's not the guy. I don't know. I'm telling you. When you ask people, like they'll go, "Great guy, great continuity. He, he's awesome. He's." he's <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, but does, does he does he know how to run an offense? What's his game plan on offense? What's his game plan on defense? Well, he's going to have a coordinator for that. No, 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 no. No, that's that's, that's no, that's not how." That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. When you walk in, yeah, no, but he's had he's had a lot of input uh, on now. I just think he's been uh, around. I can't say, but but running game, running game. He's been the running game coordinator, and he has a heavy influence on that the past couple of years. Yeah, he he does. And I just think he's been around. He's worked so closely with Mike. I just think I think he can. I think he can get it done. Like I said, I can't say that for sure, but I believe that he can get it done. We'll 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 see if he ends up being the guy. I, I have I have belief in him. We'll see. Okay. Move on I hope, I hope you're all right. So we, we all, we all, you know, we all disagree on 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 certain ones in the top four. You know, our top four. Is there sure. any chance that they go outside the four guys we talked about? And if so, who do you think it would be? <laughs> I, I just well, so without hiring a search firm. Yeah, it's hard to tell. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah, I just yeah. don't think. I, I think. I think you're 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 looking at. I mean, there's there's a reason why everybody's hearing these guys' names. I mean, I still I, I told I still believe that he's going to get an interview. I do. I I, I don't know if that's true or not. But I, uh, that's what I was told that he'll get an interview. Yeah, I've, um, I've heard big things on well, that. I've heard some people say that we reported sure. that. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be. We yeah. Within 24, 48 oh, hours, I was told he would be in Memphis for an interview. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. But, yeah, that's what we were told. Yeah. Then I heard – Yeah, because I was going to say I've heard people that say that he was sure getting one. I've heard people say that he's not getting one. So you never – I mean, yeah. you never know. But, yeah, but I heard what Brian heard as well. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I, so, I, mean, I, heard, I heard, you know, he, he, he was going to get an interview. But as far as, as – I don't know – Anything about Barry Odom? I haven't heard a word. Um, I've heard his name, but 
And Sports, I, yeah, Sports I mean, Illustrated you, said he's the guy. So I know. And and, so. and 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 I'm not saying they're wrong because they probably have some sources that are way what, higher than what I know. Uh, what the guy the guy that reported it only has 1,100 followers. I mean that doesn't always mean anything, but. When I've got almost as many followers as he does, and you know, uh, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> so I mean, I haven't heard anything about Odom, um, not not a single word about Barry, other than than people telling me that he wants to be involved. Um, yeah, I do and know. I'm sure he's thinking. Me, I want to be involved too. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, but I mean. Um, I mean, I, th- th- and 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 long. I was told Tuesday, you know, I, the, the guy I was talking to, and this is at the athletic department, and I was figured he kind of halfway know would get a pulse. This guy was saying, look, you know, I can't believe Chip's not going to be involved in this. Um, you know, and I said, well, I, I I can tell you he wants the job, if because that's what he was like. Well, do we even know if he wants? It? I was like, I, he wants the job. Pick up the phone, oh, yeah. bro. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I have to do you know, and and he and he says I can't believe he's not going to be involved. Like I, this would be a, a no-brainer to at least interview him. And my understanding is that may not even happen. Um, hmm. So I don't know. I I don't know, guys. You're asking is is there is there another? Like it almost. I, I hope it's not one of those where, you know, we're going to do a nationwide search. Ah, shit. We'll just hire the guy in the corner. I mean. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm for, I'm for a simple appeal, but they they need to do that due diligence. This is such a big hire that you can't you can't do it that way. I I agree. They they need to do a nationwide search and do their due diligence and find their guy. And if it's not Zimmerfield, if they feel like somebody else's guy, roll with them. But you, I think you got to do your due diligence on this. But they well, also I mean, said they wanted... want it done quickly because of recruiting. So I mean, how thorough yeah. can you really yeah, be to do a national exactly. search? I heard yeah. seventy-two hours. I heard 72 yeah, hours heard yesterday, 72 hours. So I, I believe that that's, that that's as, I mean, again, it's Sunday. People think that, that, that you know, you just feeding information. It's Sunday. They're like everybody else. They're like church and dinner with mama and mama and papa. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, they got things. It's the holidays. They got Christmas shopping and, for so, my for my northern uh, friends that listen, Mama and Papa are Grandpa and uh, Grandma. Just just to put that out there. <laughs> right. In the south, that's right. Um, yeah. yeah. So you, you you've got. I mean, you you know these are these are people, and you know I, it doesn't doesn't shock me that, that there hasn't been. I know I know Laird had a had a news conference at three thirty. Yeah. Um, I. It was you informative. Know, it was definitely informative. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, he seems like um, – I, I'm glad that he's I – wish, I wish he'd hire a search firm, straight up, um, because I, I mean, think – this is his hire. That this will be on his head. This will definitely be on his head. That's what, what he said. And I think if, if, if I if, – if, so if from what I was, I was hearing, that's what I, I, I would say he's probably not going to get the job because – even though I know people will pay Hugh to go away if he blows up, I know that for a fact. I just, I just think that I think that the other stuff is going to scare these people away, especially from making your first hire. And I think it's a shame. 
because yeah. we all said we need a home run. And I have zero doubt that he's a home run. And neither and, and well, nobody he, else here definitely does splash. Either. Yeah, he's definitely a splash. You, you think he, he's not going to go out and score a million points and win games? Because that's what he's done everywhere. I mean, he, won a, he, he scored a million points and won a bunch of games at Arkansas State with a quarterback that's shorter than me. Before we move on you to know, uh, Penn State and, and talk about yep. them a little bit, we'll, uh, we'll bring our, our weekly caller to, uh, to yell at us about uh, talking about Hugh Freeze. So. <laughs> Rowdy Rod. Rod. Uh, all righty, all righty. I think Rod is not a Hugh fan, are you? Uh, no, I uh, coined it about nine years ago. It's called Antifreeze. But anyway, um, no, it's a great <laughs> game yesterday. Absolutely great game yesterday. Did I say Antifreeze? Um, but, Larry, i got to agree with you. He's a heck of a coach, man. Uh, I do have to agree with you. I just don't trust the guy, um, not because of the hookers and before the violations further, and all that kind of stuff. Before you, hey, Rob, before you go any further, cause yep. I'm going to ask you the same question that mm-hmm. uh, Larry asked us, which I had to put me in my place. You take away, you know, the, the off-field stuff just based on his, you know, on-field knowledge, the way he coaches. Would you hire him? Forgetting about the, the, the you, off-field stuff, just based on on-field yeah. performance. Uh, to be to be very honest with you, um, I am. Um, I, I was trying. I was going there to take away all that that garbage that was going on and and everything else that happened with him. I don't trust the guy. Um, I think he's a heck of a coach. I think he could put a lot of points on the board. I think that he would be gone in two years or whatever. He would jump the first next nibble. I don't I don't think it's a consistency situation with him. Um, you know, Memphis is in that position where we need to hang on to a coach for at least three or four years. Um, I'm not looking, you know, as the new coaching hire. You know, we talked about Silverfield, and he did a great job today. Uh, in his little press conference that when they announced him as the interim. Um, I've noticed that uh, several of the players, Brady White especially, is doing a lot of retweets about people um, um, touting for Silver, Silverfield to get hired. So the players are behind it. And, and, Larry, I know you said that, you know, this is a business decision and players, you know, really don't – the current players shouldn't have, you know, a whole lot of decision in it. Their, their voice should count. But a couple of things I look at with Ryan Silverfield is he is a recruiter, okay? I've I've looked back at, um, heck, I think it was some of Brian's stuff that that uh, there were several recruits that uh, talked about, you know, how sincere he was, and it wasn't just about his, their football, but they actually he actually cared about them, you know, and several of our other coaches the same thing, and that, but then there's a buy-in factor, okay? At the end of the day you have a team out there, whether you're in business, in the business world, or you're in the football world, okay? If you don't have the buy-in of the product and the people that are moving that out there on the field, okay, or out there in those stores or whatever, if you don't have their buy-in to what you're trying to accomplish and you have to recreate that buy-in, it, 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 sometimes it doesn't happen. So exactly. when you bring in somebody, somebody fresh, that wants to come come in and change this and change that, change this. Yeah, yeah they're gonna thing. they're gonna play out. They're gonna play out, okay. But eventually, it's it takes it's gonna take two or three years down the road. With Ryan Silverfield, he has that buy-in, 
And yes, he's not going to be a 12 and one coach next year. If he is great, but I would not forecast it. I've seen Silverfield going eight and five. Okay. I see a Hugh Freeze coming in. Yeah, he's going to go probably, you know, an eight and five type scenario. We'll make a bowl game. We've got the talent for that. Okay. But I don't see Hugh Freeze sticking around. I don't see it really going back to this level with him until three or four years down the road because it's a complete new system coming in and it's a complete new staff once again. And I just see that a little bit more consistency with the player buy-in and then that's infectious, right? So Silverfield gets the coach and you've got 60 players out there. I, I can't remember how many we graduated, but we got 60 players out there that are already bought in and, and want him for that. Then you bring in your recruits. Then you bring in yeah, more recruits. And, exactly. And, and it lingers and it keeps moving the train, okay? And the culture is absolutely phenomenal on that on that sideline. You can hear Norval talking about the culture. You hear now you heard Silverfield talking about the culture. You know, you've heard you've heard coaches, assistant coaches underneath about how he handles things and how well, you know, the culture was in past in past interviews. So it's 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 a bittersweet, you know, can he get it done? Not next year. I wouldn't even put that pressure on him, okay? But my my thoughts are yes, Hugh Freeze can come in and but he's not gonna be here that long, okay? I don't trust him to stay consistent with us. Um, he's gonna want that big SEC job or an AC, AAC job, you know, in two years, okay? Especially if he has an eight and five and a and say a, a nine and three type situation or something in that in those in those regards, okay? Mm-hmm. Especially, yes, and he's gone. So now we're back at this wheelhouse a lot quicker. Silverfield, yeah, he made his comments. I'm here for the long haul. I love Memphis. Well, we've heard all that stuff before. I believe him, you know, but somebody weighs, you know, two times the amount of money or, or, or another million dollars in your face, and it's a great job. He's going to take it. So with that being said, but we're going to get more consistency out of him, and we're going to get more long-term out of him. What are y'all's thoughts on that? Uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. That's the reason why he's at the top of my list. Because you made a great point there because you, you talk about the kids now and the kind of the conversation that me and Larry were having, but that kind of lingers, that culture. If, if they're bought in, you bring in the recruits and you mix them in with the guys that are currently here now, and then they buy into it and you, it just keeps, keeps moving along uh, as, as yeah. the years go by. And I, I think that's, that's the reason why the continuity, there is something to be said for that. I mean, the, the culture that Mike created here, He's been a part of that. I mean, a big part of it. And I just think mm-hmm. that he can continue that. Now, he hasn't, hasn't called plays at a high level. I think that's a big red flag and reservation. And I understand people's thoughts on that. But he has seen this offense firsthand. And I, I think he can get it done. Again, I, I mean, you might not have this huge win win total next year. I mean, it might take him, might be a learning process for him. But I think he, he's a guy that can handle the job. I, I really do think that. Right. Yeah, and then you know, they're going to bring somebody. Go ahead. No, go ahead. F- finish your thought because I was going to ask you about the bowl game. Yeah, so real quick, you know, um, y'all were talking about if you go outside of the little four that you were talking about, you know, I kind of looked over, and you know how ADs and coaches and everybody they know each other really, really well. You look at Billy Gonzalez down at Florida, you know, could he come in, right? Um, is that something that he's, you know, that uh, uh, our AD sees? In him, or maybe 
go after the SMU. What's his name? Rhett Lashley. Yeah, Rhett Lashley at SMU. High powered offense. Seems like that's got a good culture. You know, I know they did it with a with a, a bunch of transfers, but at the same time, he's still a good offensive coordinator that could come in and maybe pick up. You know, at the same time, we got to think: Do we lose Silverfield? Right. Because, once again, if you can maintain him and say, okay, the next time around it comes around, you stick with us, you'll probably get the job type situation, which I don't know if you'll buy into that. That would help out tremendously. You know, the, my, my thoughts are is just looking at Twitter, I don't pay really a lot of attention to the garbage that is out there, like a Sports <laughs> Illustrated guy. Man. Lord help yeah. me. I saw that. People started going nuts. I'm like, good gracious, <laughs> give this guy something. Give me a break. But now, you know, Brian, you were asking about the Penn State game. Well, go ahead. Yeah, what are your thoughts about uh, the Penn State Penn State uh, game going to uh, the Cotton Bowl? So, you know, <laughs> you know me, man. <laughs> you know me, bro, so I'm going to stay calm, okay? I'm just really happy for what this team has accomplished. Um, I think that, you know, the, the the one thing that's all in the back of my head and was spoken in the, in the press conference today is they got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. That chip hadn't been knocked, you know, hadn't gotten off, gotten all that chip off yet. They got that big win, AEC champions. Thought I'd never see it in my lifetime, but guess what? It's here. I think these guys are going to go in there and they're going to play their heart out, no matter who's coaching. If it's normal, it comes back, which that's probably not going to happen. Matter of fact, I think it would be a bad thing if it did happen. Um, I think that they have bought into Brian Silverfield, and he's going to be able to lead them. Um, and I think they're going to play so hard. I'm worried about them playing too hard, but to just get that W, you know, get that bowl win. These seniors want that bowl win before they walk away. You know, we've got, you know, three bowls that we've gone to that we've not won. I think that's one more chip on their shoulder they have to knock off. And I think that, you know, we're going to give Penn State – all they got, okay? Are we going to win? Uh, you know what I'm saying? I don't know much about them. I just know they're pretty, they're pretty good, you know. And, um, you know, I pretty much I feel that we'll go in there and give them a heck of a game. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit more different than what some people were thinking in the back of their heads. And, of course, you know, I believe in the Tigers. We fight like Tigers, right, guys? That's it. And that's right. That's right. Y'all have a good one. Brian, yep. thanks. Guys, thanks for letting me have, come on and speak my piece, baby. But anyway. Oh, man. I was enjoying enjoy talking to you, man. Anthony Freeze, Andy guys. Freeze, baby. Hashtag Andy Anthony Freeze. Freeze. <laughs> Andy Freeze. But I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if we don't hire him, okay? So anyway. All right. Have a good one. All right. Y'all have a good thanks, day. Thanks, Rod. Uh-huh. Rod. I was going to say, I think Rod – I, I think, I think Rod – yeah, I think he made a great point about the motivation factor because that's a – you see that a lot of these bowl games, which team is the most motivated. And a lot of times if you have a team where your coach just left, they're not going to go down and be motivated. But I think in this situation, I think these guys will be fired up, especially with, with Ryan Timberfield leading them. I think they're excited about that. And I think they're going to play good football. I do agree with that. Now, I don't, I'm not going to say they're going to win the game, but I do think that they will be motivated going into this one. And I think at times we've seen situations like this where teams are not motivated in this particular situation. What are your thoughts, Larry? Because the line opened up. I was sort of surprised. Depending on the line or the site you look at, anywhere from seven to a seven and a half point underdog. Yeah, I, I was thought it seven and a half. Sort of shocked it was that low, actually. Yeah, I thought it would be ten, yeah. maybe. 
somewhere in that range? Yeah, um, yeah, I am too. I, I, I really felt like the, it would be a, a bigger line, especially with Norvell gone. Um, mm-hmm. You know, here, here's what I say about about Rod, and and I, I understand what everybody's saying, continuity, all that garbage. <laughs> um, here's what I'm gonna say. The number one thing that motivates you is winning. Period. <laughs> And if you, yes. you know, and that's, you, know, you go out there and you win and people will play for you and they will believe in you. And if you go out and you get housed, um, people will not believe in you and they will not want to play hard for you. So it, it, there is a and level he's one of the field. Freeze is also one of the few coaches to have beaten uh, Saban's Nick Alabama Saban. team twice. Twice. He did it twice. He does win. He brains out to get those players. But he doesn't have to – here's what I'm saying. He doesn't have to cheat to get players to come to Memphis. You, Ryan, you and I talked about this. Oh, yeah. The thing that Memphis has separated itself, one of the things that we used to struggle with, and this is what I love, hey, well, wait, we'll, we'll return to mediocrity. Well, I mean, we may not ever get back quite here, but, but we're not going to be mediocre. Here's why. A, we're going to have – we're in the best conference not named the SEC. So if the kids around here want to play in front of, you know, the nation and can go to the NFL, let's say you're not a five-star. You know, you're, you're, you're a three, three-and-a-half star kid, which I don't believe in the star system anyway. But we all know who the big bad dudes are and who the next yep. level down. Memphis – you know, those kids are going to go to Alabama. They're going to go to Tennessee. They're going to, but here's the difference. That next-level kid, he doesn't have to go to Ole Miss now. He doesn't have to go to Mississippi State. He doesn't have to go to Arkansas if he doesn't want to. Maybe he doesn't like Oxford. Maybe he doesn't like Starkville. Maybe he wants to go to Memphis. Maybe he wants to go to Memphis because he likes being in the city. Maybe he wants to go to Memphis just because he likes you know, going to – See his favorite rap group at the forum, whatever his reason for wanting to be at Memphis is. Um, he wants to be in Memphis. He can do that. It, and I, 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 th- I can throw you out some names. Daryl Henderson. That's a kid that probably would have gone to Ole Miss before. Kenny Gainwell. Probably a kid that would have gone to <laughs> Ole Miss or Mississippi State before. Um, these are all – and these are all kids not from Memphis. They're from North Mississippi. Olive Branch has basically been uh, – uh, you know, you can basically beat a trail from Olive Branch to Memphis. And these are all kids. My point in all this, guys, is the next coach can go get has to be able to keep that going, that going. And he's in order to do that, he's got to win. Period. If those kids believe that they don't have to go to Ole Miss to be seen on ESPN and go to the NFL, that's all he's got to do. Mm-hmm. That's it. So I, I I'm with you guys about continuity. If, if everybody believes that this is the guy that can get it done, that's fine. I know. I don't believe it. I know that Hugh Freeze will come in and win football games, score a lot of points, and be exciting. Man, no I, believe, there. Definitely, definitely. I believe that Chip Long will do it because I've seen him do it with my own eyes, and I know that he can recruit here. I know that he can coach here. I don't know 
about Silver Field personally, but everybody says they believe it. But there's only one cat <laughs> that I know. So that's I'll leave it at that. Everybody says, I believe, I believe. You know what? It's not a song. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I want you. This isn't. This isn't a share concert. <laughs> I mean, so I, anyway. So we can go into Penn State. So the, the question about Penn State is: uh, Yes, I'm surprised it's that low. Um, anytime you get into a game like this, uh, I was at. And I, I'm, again, I'm aging myself here. Um, in the '90s, I was here when Ohio State played Air, Air Force in the Liberty Bowl, and um, it, it was. Ohio State name only um, because they didn't show up. And Air Force just absolutely kicked their butts up and down the field. I don't know if anybody else was here, but uh, was at that game. But I I went, and it does depend on, you know, does Penn State show up? You know, yeah, Penn that's, State. That's, that is you know, interesting. I'm going to talk to some of the – some of their guys, uh, we're going to have some of the guys uh, here on TSR Live coming up in the next couple of weeks, and I kind of want to know what their mindset is and what they think. That is, uh, because these bowl games, that's what it's usually about. Just because they jerseys say Penn State doesn't mean that it's Penn State. When people were talking about, when, a couple of weeks ago, when people were talking about Memphis possibly facing Alabama, uh, when you look at that situation, people are like, oh, I'm scared to play Alabama. We don't want to play Alabama. Number one, half the guys probably wouldn't, wouldn't have even played in the game. Uh, because they think they're off to the NFL. So they would have had lots of guys that wouldn't have even played in that game, and they, they would have been extremely disappointed to be in the Cotton Bowl. So, I mean, that's, that's always the thing. Uh, who's motivated to play in this game? I mean, you go back to even on a lower level, the Birmingham Bowl a couple of years ago, Memphis and Auburn. Memphis was favorite uh, in that game, and we know how that went. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, you, you just never know. <laughs> Big Ten, um, I, from my quick uh, search, uh, what is Memphis's record against the current schools that are in the Big Ten? Do you, either one of you know? Yeah, I, I no, can't I even no remember. I, I, I can't, I can't remember even remember playing, playing one. Yeah, um, me either. <laughs> we played Michigan State yeah, and got no. the crap beat out of us one time. I remember that, that game. Cause, that's um, one. Uh, 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 one against Michigan State, and, and and you know and you know and you know who was coach coaching for Michigan State? Nick, mm, by God, Saban. Oh, Nick Saban was the coach at Michigan yes. State. Um, is that the only time we've ever played? Um, the only time uh, Michigan State. Oh, wait, we played Michigan. That was not. We played Michigan. We played Michigan two years and, before and it was that. A good yep. game. That was a good game. Twenty-four to seven. Um, yes. Yeah, it was a good game, and it was it was it was it was a fourteen to seven game. And uh, and does anybody know how we got that game? Because yeah, Stobart was an assistant coach at Michigan when he got hired. Which I can go into the whole Charlie Bailey thing if you guys really want to be disgusted by the NCAA. Um, we had to hire Stobart. Stobart was and I don't remember. I think he was their defensive coordinator. Um, and he he got them to play Memphis, put Memphis on the schedule, and then got canned before. True story. We fired Stobart, and Rip Rip kept it close. I believe it was ninety five, right? Ninety five, and then ninety seven. 
Yeah. Yeah, Michigan State was 97, Michigan was 95, yeah. Right. Uh, there was I I'm I'm looking through I thought there was another another team. I had I I wrote it down but now I can't find my notes. But I thought Memphis I mean it was may be, it four. may be it may be one of those teams that is now Not in eight. the Big Ten but wasn't when we played them. Like in a Maryland. Maryland. Or, yeah, it's not Maryland. I'm going through real quick. I see Wisconsin or yeah, Minnesota. No, not Rutgers. No. Well, I've already looked at one. <laughs> we never played Minnesota. Um, we played them in basketball. Not pretty. Um, Maybe it is just so into. I don't know. Iowa. But anyway, um, but uh, I know I know we tried to schedule Northwestern back when D'Angelo was here, and they wouldn't do it. They we tried to get them to do a home and home. And they wouldn't do it. Um, and they were good. That was back when they were really good. They had just come off like the Rose Bowl and stuff. Um, huh. Back in like the early 2000s. Because they won the Rose Bowl in like 95 or 7 or 6 or something like that. And D'Angelo was here, and it was like early 2000s, and we were trying to, we tried to schedule them. I remember that. I forget who we ended up scheduling with instead. Um but so so here's the here, here's the the thing about this game. Again, who shows up? Because let's be honest, Penn State's probably more talented than Memphis, right? I mean, yeah, on paper. And the difference between Memphis, the Memphises of the world, and Penn State of the world is the linemen. Like on the on the outside, like Coxey and those guys, we you know we're pretty close. Um, yeah, I think I they're think not just as far as the skill, skill position players, right. I think yeah, I think the skill position right. players, I think they're comparable. But, right, but I mean, but yeah, it's, it's always the line. Yeah, right. that's that's where those guys they got like six three, two hundred ninety pound guys that run four four forties. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, if you're gonna have to play Jesus, then <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, like, you know, that's the guys that 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 just. You know, you can't – they just blow up your play because they blow through two linemen and you can't block them. Um, and that, you know, that's that's what makes the difference. So we, you got to be creative in what you do, how you scheme for this. Um, you're not going to be able to probably run line up and just run Kenny up the middle. That's probably not going to work. You know, we're going to have to do misdirection. We're going to have to get them leaning. We're going to have to um, – and that doesn't mean you can't compete um, because who was it that took Michigan into overtime earlier this year? Was it was it Navy? Navy took them to overtime, right? Yeah, Navy. It was Navy, yeah. Um, that was, Ar- I mean, was the Army? One of them. It was one of them. It was Navy or Army. Yeah, I think it might have been Army. But whoever – yeah, maybe it was. But whoever it was. Like, but my point is, like, you, you, could, you, could, you, could, you can out-scheme them. Um, and especially yeah, if they're not highly motivated, it was. I mean, I, I just remember it was one of the armed forces. But my point is, you can you can out scheme them, and you can get them in. You know, and 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 we have skilled people that can hurt them. But you know, the problem is, it usually ends up like what Auburn did to us in the Birmingham Bowl, where they just at some point they just line up and they just you know run over. <laughs> here's a, here's what uh, I think the uh, Vegas folks are looking at 
Um, if you had to guess who has the better pass defense, Rutgers or Penn State, you would obviously say Penn State, but they have the exact same. They're they're both ranked seventy sixth yeah. in the nation against the pass. Two thirty two point five uh, per game. They're Damn, running down against the run, though. Already. Yeah, they only give up. They only give up ninety-seven yards. They only give up ninety-seven yards on the ground, so they're really good against the run. Uh, so that's something to look out for. Just got to go to go to Larry's point. You, you're not going to just line up and and run them. Yeah, I was going to say uh, the game Old, well Old Dominion, them. who fired their coach, has a better pass defense than Penn State. So it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll you, be a good, definitely a, a good game. But what's their run? Here, here's my question, though, Brian. What's their run defense? Look that up real fast. Yeah, so man, they got, I know they give up. I don't know what it's ranked. They give up. They give up. They only give up 97 yards a game. I don't know what it's ranked. Fifth. Yeah, they're, they're the why, they're, Yeah, that's why you pass defense because you can't you can't run on them. So yeah. you got to do yeah. something. So you're passing the ball. I mean, they're they're really young. They're really young on the offensive side of the football. Defense is where they're they're their best. I mean, they got. I mean, they playing a lot of freshmen on the offensive side. I mean, they're really really young on the offensive on the offensive side of the football. Well, you know, and, I mean, I, they do have they I, I do just, have the games where they slip up. I mean, you know, against Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean, they only beat Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh by yeah. you know seven. I mean, they're not they're not world beaters, but kind of like to Larry's point. I mean, when you get to these power five schools, big time power five schools, the line the lineman is where it makes a difference. I, I think it's a good position. I think Memphis. I'm looking at the guys and in their numbers. I know uh, KJ Hamler is their best receiver. Uh, I mean, a coach team matches up with – I think these guys match up with them well. The skill position is just can they keep uh, Brady White upright? I think it's going to be the, the question because, I mean, if he gets time in the pocket and he's able to make step back there and make plays, I think they could – offensively, I think they could do some things. They're not going to be able to run the football the way, obviously, that they do against most of the opponents they play. But, I mean, they're – like you said, with their pass defense, there's opportunities to make some plays there for sure. Yeah, yep. I mean, you got to keep it up, right? Yep, and uh, it was a lively discussion tonight. We'll have obviously have more before the uh, Cotton Bowl. Larry, uh, you and John will have a podcast Tuesday night. Hey, yeah, we're going to talk Tuesday. Similar to this. One. What are you guys going to talk Although, about? John, well, similar to this one, John, John is 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 got some definitive opinions uh, on our next coach, uh, as everybody else did here, and uh, you're probably going to hear a similar. Uh, Defense on my part um, for one Hugh Freeze. Um, we're also gonna uh, we're gonna get in depth about Dallas and some of the um, uh, John, John likes to to get into like um, where to go eat and where to stay and stuff like that. He, he he's he's like your own personal travelocity. So um, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll dive up into that. <laughs> Good deal. Well, appreciate the uh, lively discussion. We'll definitely have uh, one soon because um, we'll see. You uh, I mean before uh, before the uh, Cotton Bowl? I'm sure the, the game's the 28th. Uh, so coach will be announced. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah well, it, it, do you want to try to do one if the coach is announced? It, just let me know. I I oh, would yeah. imagine we'll have something. You, we should know something this time next week. I, I'd be shocked if we don't. Definitely, real quick for Penn State's concern, we'll we'll have uh, David Eckert, who writes for Rivals Blue White Illustrated, covering Penn State. We'll talk with him sometime in the near future to kind of uh, see things from the Penn State perspective. So be on the lookout for that as well. It is a lively discussion, okay. guys, and uh, we'll do it again soon. You guys have a good one. All right, man.